Before we get into today's conversation, I have a quick favor to ask. We're serving our listeners to help us make CityCast Portland a better, more useful podcast for you. It's only five minutes long and it's all multiple choice. It is. We actually timed it. When you take the survey, you'll be eligible to win a $250 Visa gift card. And in the interest of transparency, we just need 100 people to do it. So I'm asking, will you please be one of them? That's citycast.fm forward slash survey. Portland loves brunch. So much so that our dedication to this meal has been poked fun of in Portlandia skits. And there was truth to our propensity for waiting in line for eggs because our scene was once mighty and line-worthy. But then the pandemic hit and many of our favorite spots closed and what was once church to a lot of us didn't quite recover with the same zeal. So today on CityCast Portland, the Oregonian's food writer and self-proclaimed king of brunch, Michael Russell, will be sharing some of his new and old favorite spots in town to inspire us all to get back out there and make Portland brunch again. It's Wednesday, June 7th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Michael Brunch King Russell, thank you for joining us today. Great to be here. So... You've put out a few articles uh, detailing your favorite new brunch places, and we're going to go into it. But before we get into the nitty gritty, just immediately, what's your absolute new favorite brunch spot at the moment? Well, that's a good question. My new favorite is an old favorite, uh, which is if you've never been to Original Pancake House in Southwest Portland, it's been around for decades, but it feels brand new to me. Um, It's uh, in Southwest Portland on Terwilliger Boulevard, and this place is like a fantasy land uh, for breakfast lovers. You walk in, it's in an old converted house. Uh, The waitresses are wearing pink aprons, the house is white, and it has all sorts of little like gingerbread house touches. And they make really actually fantastic Dutch baby pancakes, which are sort of the ones that are baked in a skillet. Uh, They rise up like a souffle. They're really well done there better than a lot of newer restaurants seem to be able to manage and i just think it's like they have absolutely dialed it in it doesn't seem to have changed much in you know 50 60 years and they do breakfast better than any of the newcomers that i've been to so that is still my my number one in portland even though it's not new i don't know if you know this but that is the original site for a chain that is now that's across the U.S. Uh, so that's the original Portland location. You're absolutely right, and they're they're actually international. I, I visited about seven years ago. I visited the first location to open in Tokyo uh, for a story for the Oregonian, and that's crazy. Uh, I believe they're in Hawaii as well. And this goes back to the the sort of like Japanese obsession with Portland, but also maybe even more than the obsession with Portland is the obsession with breakfast foods and. In Japan, people will line up for several hours for pancakes. Right. Always looking for the newest thing. I think that my favorite thing that they make is the Granny Smith topped apple cake. It's caramelized. It's, do you know what I'm talking about? It's such a winner. Oh my gosh. Thank you for bringing that up. That is, that's a pro move too. That's a pro move. You're, thank you. You've been thank there you. before. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the one the experts order. So, well, you know, it's funny because I was going to ask for like your super fancy version. And, and and you were like, I don't know, it's going to probably be the same answer. But I don't consider 
original pancake to be very fancy. Right, right. So you were going to ask me, I think you kind of did ask me for my favorite new brunch place, which I would say looking at the maybe 20, 20 places I went to, the one that really blew me away was called the Woodsman Tavern. Uh, and it's an older restaurant that was open. That's a new old one. That's so old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was <laughs> old, but now it's new again because okay. they closed for several years. And then it was bought by Submarine Hospitality, which was then bought by Sordis Holdings, which is just like an investment firm, let's say. And you would think that would mean quality has dipped, but actually their brunch is really fantastic. And, uh, you know, you can go really fancy there. You can get a giant seafood tower for $75 or $150 or whatever. Or you can just get, frankly, one of the best um, Eggs Benedict's that I've had, which comes on a really, really well done crab cake. Um, so that's the place that's new that blew me away. Although I would say the Woodsman Tavern's Brunch, where I went in and ate entirely by myself. I was the only person in the room for the ent- most of the time I ate there, uh, other than the staff. Uh, that brunch does not resemble really what Woodsman Tavern used to look like back when it was founded by uh, the Stumptown Coffee guy, Dwayne Sorensen. Uh, It's gone through two ownership changes. There's a new chef. He's doing a great job. And I think it is a place you can pretty much walk in anytime you want. At this moment, anyhow. Until we do this podcast. Yeah. And then the lines (laughs) will form immediately. They're one of this new crop of restaurants that considers Friday part of the weekend. So mm. if you can manage it with your work schedule or whatnot, you could actually go eat there on a Friday and have one of the best new brunches in Portland. That's nice. So any uh, dishes that you would skip that you tried at the Woodsman Tavern or the original Pancake House? Oh, my God. I would never. That's like a <laughs> sacrilege. <laughs> Not what? So you're seeing all hits. All bangers. All bangers, all hits, no skips. <laughs> yeah, it's an album full of singles uh, oh. at Original Pancake House. <laughs> They're all A-sides. You heard it here from, <laughs> from Michael Brunch King Russell. It's the Beatles of uh, of breakfast places. It um, really is, though. I, I agree. That's hilarious. Like, the Original Pancake House is the Beatles of the breakfast spots. <laughs> if you've never been, and I think this is something where if you're new to Portland – you might think, uh, like Southwest Portland, where's that? You know, how do I get there? It's complicated. I have to drive on the freeway. And, you know, it is on a big, busy road itself. But it's so dang good. It's the Disneyland of breakfast places. It's the Beatles of breakfast places. It's the place you have to try. And again, it, it, there's a reason it spawned this this international chain that we already talked about. So, Michael, I feel like when you say brunch, People have an idea, like expectations, you know, eggs benedicts, French toast, uh, some kind of socially acceptable breakfast cocktail. What is your unusual pick for a brunch spot? Like, I'm a huge fan of dim sum. My spot used to be Ocean City Seafood R.I.P. Because uh, I love kanji. You know, I like soups. Um, but what's your pick? Yeah, and for dim sum, I mean, right down the road, HK Cafe kind of was eating Ocean City's lunch for um, a few years, even before the pandemic. And that I think that is sort of... For cart dim sum, where they push the food around in carts and you order it, that's the top dog in town. Um, uh, closer to Ocean City, there's a place called Pure Spice that's lovely, where you uh, order the dim sum off of a menu. And and for me, that's probably the best in town. They are under new owners, and but things seem to have held up there. Um, for me, like a, a, my sort of like go to breakfast that's not uh, egg based is. Uh, 
I love to get Vietnamese soup in the mornings. Um, Javiel, a very famous soup restaurant uh, where they do pho, but they also do mm, 11, 12 other soups that they kind of rotate in and out every day. Um, that is open at 8 a.m., or at least uh, was before they closed recently for the funeral of the of Christina Liu, who founded Javiel. That uh, uh, is a great experience. If you've never gone and had Vietnamese soup at 8 in the morning, where there's a bunch of guys outside smoking cigarettes and uh, <laughs> flicking the ash into these uh, Café de Monde coffee uh, ashtrays, that is a real experience you have to have. Very Portland experience, I think. I mean, I agree. I think that like soup for breakfast is the best, especially Vietnamese soup, just because brunch to me, I'm going to get a little philosophical here, Hit Michael. Me. Please, I'm please hang with let's me. Let's go. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. One, are we too old for brunch? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like brunch is a young man's game, you know, like what year's the cutoff? 35, 35, 36. I think I also feel like once you have kids yeah. that you could be 25 and you're just like, I, I'm sorry, but you can't meet for brunch. No, no. It's Unless hard. it's on Friday. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> right, and I did write a whole separate story about this. The Woodsman Tavern, Lazy Susan and Toki, which is a Korean place downtown. They are all they are all weekend brunch places that do brunch on Fridays, and so I think that's a nice little hack if you can if you can you know get the time off or if you're free that day, whatever. But you're right. If you have kids, you're not rolling out of bed Sunday at 10 a.m. and then you know going to the tin shed and getting a cup of coffee and waiting on Alberta Street for an hour to wait for your <laughs> table like. There's dogs and blankets going on and your kids are cranky. Like it's never going to happen. You just, you just make them eggs at home and they're great. Like that, it is a young person's game and, uh, you know, I'm retired, but I had to dive back in for work. So yeah, I just take everything I say with a grain of salt. Cause like, you know, it's brunch. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't belong there. You know, I'm surprised they even let me in. But also, you know, here's the deal. And the reason I bring this up and it's all super related, I swear, is because I feel like when you're young, uh, you have a bit more of the hangovers, you know, and brunch was like, that was the hangover cure. And it was also socially acceptable to start drinking so early in the morning, but, That's um, right. but it had to be something with juice. There's gotta be tomato juice or orange juice or some BS. Cause if you, if you, you're at 10 AM, if you order a whiskey neat, you're, you're a maniac, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it, to me, it's like alcohol is alcohol, but okay. You know, we have decorum. We live in a society. Um, but let's say, you still, you know, you still need something for that for that headache. I'm a big fan of menudo. I think brunch Ooh. food. I think menudo. I think brunch soup is the way to go if you're feeling a little hungover. And then you just you get a modelo, or if you're doing Vietnamese food, you know, you get any light beer that they're selling, and you're good. You're golden. I think you're right. I mean, there is this concept of the hair of the dog, and that is, you know, the dog is what bit you the night before and you're getting a hair of the dog is just a little, little taste. You don't want to dive right in with shots or with a Long Island iced tea. You're there to have something that's going to just give you a tiny little buzz and take away the pain of the <laughs> night before. And that's why all brunch places in the world serve mimosas and Bloody Marys and things that are kind of going to build you back up slowly. Okay, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, Michael's pick for the brunch spot, most likely to become our next gold standard. What would you say is the best new gold standard 
of something that you could see becoming an institution, like, you know, like your original pancake house, or we haven't mentioned it, you know, screen door, you know, I know those are very different, but you know, they, they're not going to ruin your morning. Um, who do you see coming up right now as like, this is going to be it? Okay. So they've been around for four or five years. So they're not brand, brand new, but the place that came to mind when you, um, w uh, when you started asking that question was, I think Matt's BBQ tacos, Matt's barbecue tacos has a chance to become kind of a local destination kind of place along the lines of screen door, original pancake house. Like those breakfast tacos could hold their own in Austin. They're delicious. They're made with the smoked meats that Matt does at his other cart, Matt's barbecue. Yeah. You're not missing out on the Austin experience of breakfast tacos. Uh, and they certainly are the best breakfast taco in, in Portland. But if we could sort of like build that breakfast taco culture up a little bit that they have down in Texas, I think, um, I think they would be my, my first pick. I don't know if any of these newcomers that I wrote about, you know, like I said, Toki, Woodsman Tavern, Lazy Susan, I don't know that any of them are going to stand the test of time. I mean, Grits and Gravy, which is downtown, it took over the Little Bird space, is a very traditional breakfast spot. And the owner has roots down at a place down in the Sacramento area of California that has been around for many, many years. Uh, I think his father ran it once upon a time. So they have a shot and that's fun to go to. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard to see something lasting as long as original Pancake House has. Yeah. Or the screen door, I'm just going to say. Yeah, no, fair enough. And and screen door, which I think will have three locations uh, once yeah. their airport location opens, if it hasn't already. That's pretty impressive, too. Yeah. And then it's just, you know that they'll hold you when you wake up fragile <laughs> in the morning. That's the thing about a brunch spot is you don't, when you're waking up and you're feeling not there, you don't, you're not just like, oh, let me just try this new Japanese infusion brunch spot. You're just like, I need someone to hold me. And I just need to feel okay. I would like to make one shout out, if you don't okay. mind. If, I, oh, if the CityCast listeners will bear with me. The absolute best new brunch I've had, I'd say in five years, was called Fairweather. And it was essentially what Jacqueline, the oyster bar on Clinton Street, turned into during the pandemic. I and they only lasted, everyone loves Jacqueline. For good reason. It's a great seafood restaurant, great date night spot, dollar oysters. Yeah. What's not to love during happy hour? They did this amazing brunch that only lasted, I don't know, six months or a year. And they were just looking for things to do. It was so good. And I've heard they're trying to make it happen in a different space, but you know, things keep falling through or whatever. But man, it was so good. So hopefully I'm putting this out into the world. Hopefully they are able to someday bring that back permanently um some of the best waffles i've ever had in portland um yeah. et cetera, they're not et there right now what you're saying is you, you wish they were still doing their thing i want them to come back i believe yeah. they will come back and i'm putting positive energy into the world oh you're, oh this is you manifesting okay gotcha. i'm manifesting okay. it okay perfect all right so uh before we wrap up i wanted to talk to you since i mean we're both retired brunch kings and queens here yeah um as we have decided it is a young man's game. Um, let's talk brunch etiquette. Like, what is a number one brunch sin? I have one. Do you have one? Oh, that is a great question. Jeez. I mean, not showing up on time comes to mind, but I think there's got to be a better one than that. Do you want to start and I'll, I'll put my thinking cap on? Sure. I really feel like brunch 
is a space where friends come together to talk <laughs> and kind of catch up on the week. But everyone knows that you're keeping it light. And if you come in with something that's just a little too dark in a sense where it's just like, I'm going to involve you in my drama for this, for this moment, you've ruined brunch. And I think that's a brunch ruiner. And sometimes when I get into conversations with people, I'm like, hey, look, this is a brunch ruiner, but I really want to talk to you about this. And so that's one, that's one brunch. I'm just saying socially speaking, that's one brunch sin. Keep it light. Everyone's hungover. We don't have time for this. Oh, keep it light. That's great. I love that. I have a, not a sin, but a, a pet peeve, which is brunches in Portland that don't open until like 11 a.m. Okay. You know, I mean, like, come on. I, 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 you know, I get why this is happening. There's labor issues in the restaurant industry. Can't find people. But yeah, you do see places opening for brunch and it's like, we open at 11 and it's like, okay, that's actually called lunch, right? Like mm -hmm. we have a word for that. Um, but see, this is you as an older man. So I'm just, so old. Oh my God, Michael, you just showed your cards again. Do you, I, I, to me, I'm like, brunch is 11 a.m. That is exactly <laughs> brunch time. Brunch is 7 a.m. What are you talking about, Claudia? <laughs> you were complaining about brunch starting at brunch. <laughs> Give me your crown, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Oh my God. Absolutely. Checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> King is dead. Young Portland, heed our words. Take the crown. <laughs> Please make brunch good again. Just make, make it a thing again. It's so much fun. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Michael, so much for uh, hanging with me and, and, and talking some of your new brunch picks. Uh, always a pleasure to have you. Um, now I'm really hungry. Great to see you, Claudia. Thank you. And now for your microdose of news. Federal authorities have opened an investigation into former Secretary of State Shamia Fagan. Fagan resigned last month over her side job with a cannabis company whose owners were political donors. Governor Tina Kotek had previously asked the state's Ethic Commission and Department of Justice to investigate the issue. And good news for anyone who's sick of getting trapped by trains on the Central East Side. The city now has a half-million-dollar federal grant to study fixes for the daily traffic jams at railroad crossings. But don't get too excited. There's still no money for the projects that would eventually be needed to solve the problem. I don't know, guys. Maybe we could just invest in other solutions to avoid car-centric traffic jams, like mm, ferries. I don't know. What? Who said that? For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. Mm -hmm.